Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well... Oh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help raise your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's ruined. Hey guys, I'm Alec Eber. And I'm Allison Leiby. And welcome to Ruin, the podcast where we completely ruin a horror movie for you. So we wanted to, in um, not in honor of, because we don't want to <laughs> honor it. No, but I, in, I would like to dishonor uh, to, what's to happening. Dishonor. We are dishonoring. The uh, quarantine. We are, we're doing it right. We're doing 2008's Quarantine. It just quarantine. seemed like the most appropriate movie. Yeah, it's like we're just going to, go- it's like we were Googling like, Quarantine? Question mark. And it was like quarantine. Period. I mean, the, <laughs> and they didn't plan it, but the SEO on this movie—they they were really smart. You I know? know. I wonder. I would love to know, like, what the like watch rate has been. Like, have more people? Like, how oh, much people? I watched, bet hundred percent. Like, a ton of people watched Contagion early on, but I wonder if this has seen a bigger spike just because of right the ease, the ease of research. I, I have to believe that's true. Um, I it, hope so. So, Quarantine 2008 is directed by John Eric Dowdle, who also did As Above, So Below, which we'll have to do it in some point in the future. And it was co written. poetically terrifying. Um, yes. Oh, you're going to love it. It takes place in France. Um, it was co written by Drew Dowdle, and it is the, uh, or Dowdle, and then it is the English language remake, remake of Wreck, which is a Spanish movie, essentially the same plot, but with sort of a different mythology or like, ideology about what's going on. And that's directed by um, Jaime Balaguerro and Paco Plaza, and they co-wrote it with Luiso Berdejo. So this is a um, remake. And and I do think we should sort of in the future uh, do the originals. It just, I could not resist. It's just called Quarantine. It's there's called no Quarantine. Way to do, there's no not, way around it. What, are we not going to talk about the movie Quarantine while we're in quarantine? I mean, and we got it. And while it is a remake, I, I think it's a phenomenal movie. I saw it in the theater with a bunch of friends. I had a great time. Oh, wow. So you saw this in theater. I feel like that's a fun distinction for us. If you yeah. saw it in a theater as opposed to at home. If I see something Remember in theater, movie theaters? Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I genuinely am very worried for the movies in general. I know. I miss them so much. I miss bars. Man. I miss bars. Getting drunk at home is not the same. <laughs> no, it's, you've made yourself a whole bartender situation, though. No, yeah, I am now a mixologist. Um, yeah. So, Elson, we saw you watch, we have you watch the trailer. What are your reactions to the quarantine trailer? I mean, first off, we've got uh, Deb from Dexter. Mm-hmm. That was her name in Dexter, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Which, I like, only watched the first season, but that so seems like, right. As someone who hates scary movies mm-hmm. and gore, I watched like five seasons of Dexter. I don't know how or why. Right. I mean, it certainly isn't scary the way this looks scary, but it no. is it is violent. But I'm I, like violence isn't my problem. It's like yes. spookiness. No, I completely understand. It's sort of the difference between like a thriller yes. and a horror movie. Right. Like, like, I think you could do a lot of thrillers. A lot, and I have seen a lot of thrillers, and I mm-hmm. like them. But horror movies where like the intention is just for you to be absolutely terrified versus right. a thriller where it's like fast paced excitement. And like driving towards like yeah. resolution that's usually positive, intrigue, yes. a character development, horror movies, and there's a lot of horror movies that have character development. Don't get me wrong. Yes, of but course. a lot of it is being trapped in a tiny, completely dark room, screaming yes. while a monster tries to kill you, and that's what we're here for. And that's what we're here for. And that's what this looks like. I loved seeing Deb. I'm mm-hmm. like, I feel like this is a genre that she probably shines in. Oh, absolutely. That's like her world, or as far as I don't know what else she's done. Um, I hope a lot. She's she's great. Um, I mean, this trailer looks scary. Like, the idea, and, like, I like that the trailer presents it as, like, this is a real story that happened. Absolutely. Which I did not like. Um, <laughs> Anytime, I want every horror movie to start with this is based on a true story, even though I know it's a lie. Yes, me too. That just, it. the stakes couldn't be higher. Um, 
so I, I like, uh, I, there was a lot of quick cuts, which, you know, a, a trailer usually has for these kinds of movies, and it was disorienting. Um, and then at one point, one other element of the trailer, and then we could get into it, was um, when they're in someone's room, I guess, and they're showing all the news clippings that are hanging up, and it's like... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, there's I a read... lot of news headlines that we're going to get into. <laughs> Wait, so I couldn't tell, and I didn't want to rewind it, because I was like, just watch it once and, like, keep it moving. It, did it say cult death defector or cult defecator? I am, okay, I'm absolutely <laughs> not going to answer that. <laughs> Because that is we're gonna get a into that. Spoiler, we're gonna am, get into that. I'm so I'm excited for finding out what that word was. Right. I mean, uh, I like that you that that was your interpretation. I think that's really great. <laughs> also, you know, I don't want to tell you whether you're wrong or not. You know. Yeah. And I guess my okay. So like, I, yeah, we I, don't want to ruin the movie before we ruin the movie. Absolutely, we're gonna ruin it in time. <laughs> the time is right now. <laughs> and then just to take a baseline scary because we do that with every movie. Is, yeah. How scary is the idea of being quarantined, Allison? I mean, the concept of being quarantined is awful. And then like now that I'm living it, I'm like, oh, it's mostly boring. <laughs> right. And maybe but, that's the that's the fun but part. But personally, of this movie. like I am going insane in court. I live right. alone. I've been by myself in a one bedroom apartment. I'm starting to like see things and like be freaked out. Like just like right, not like oh, hundred percent. But like, <laughs> right? Yeah. If you were starting to see ghouls, I'd want you to tell me. But like, I am like I'm uh, very panicky about bugs, and I have had mm-hmm. like in the past, I had a bug in my apartment and like went to a hotel because I was like, so, I was like, I can't sleep now. I get here and I. Got right, it. and we all know that no hotels have ever had a bug. Ever. So that was smart. ever No, definitely not, and yes. So I keep panicking that there's, like, a giant cockroach in here, even though there isn't. Right, and I think, like, maybe you're, it's because you're, not to psychoanalyze you, but uh, why wouldn't I? I think it's, like, our minds are focusing on things that seem, like, really tangible dangers. Like, yes. it's just this ambient anxiety. So the yes. fact that your brain's, like, a roach. Okay, I've seen those. I could, like, that's, like, something we could deal right. with. As opposed it, to, like, a mysterious <laughs> viral death. where That has, like, wildly different effects on different people and an incompetent government and, yeah. a, and a bad response. Like, <laughs> it's like your brain's like, I don't know a bug. It's a bug. It's a <laughs> little bug in my house, I think. <laughs> that makes more sense to me. Yes. Okay. But unfortunately, the bug in this movie is not little... But it is trapped inside an apartment building. So imagine this is, uh, Allison, this is your apartment building during no, my telling. Like, that's fine, right? do not want to do that. <laughs> you don't have a lobby. So actually, I don't think it would work. That's but. true. I don't have a lobby. <clears throat> All right. So here, so let us begin 2008's quarantine. So we start out and the whole thing is shot uh, from a news camera. And we are with uh, Angela, uh, played by Jennifer Carpenter. She is the reporter. And then our cameraman, Scott, he, who's pretty much entirely behind the camera, He's filming it. We do see him occasionally. We hear him speaking. Um, you know, so he he's in the mix, but it's pretty much on her the entire time. And they're doing um, a sort of a human interest piece where they are staying at a firehouse overnight. And they meet Sexy. our two, exactly. And it is the first 11 minutes are very slow, kind of horny buildup <laughs> to, um, and they meet these two firefighters, Jake and Fletch. And Fletch is sort of like the like, you know, like, kind of skeezy, but he's hot enough to try to pull it off. And Jake is, like, obviously the sweet, kind. But also, they're both incredibly handsome uh, firefighter. So right away, Jake and Angela sort of have, like, a, you know, like a flirtation. I like that. You know, and she interviews the chief. She flies on the pole. You know, but eventually she says, like, you know, you kind of wish there'd be a call. You know, right. and then I think it's sort of the lesson that is like, do not ask for an emergency. You no. will be given one. This yeah. is a horror movie you're in. I mean, it almost feels like people who are like, I wish something would expose how poorly our country's infrastructure oh my is, God. is right now. And it's like, well, we got that. And well, uh, here we are. And here boy, we are. Now we know. Now we know all of the problems. <laughs> right. Well, good thing we all knew them before. It was just looking for something to prove them. So, um, and also one of the things we find out from the police, uh, the uh, fire chief is he's like, we know um, most of the calls we get are medical, you know, because they send us out. And a lot of the, um, most of our firefighters at this point are paramedics. Because okay. if you're going to an emergency, most of the time it is, it's not necessarily going to be a fire. So everyone is trained, which is good because they're going to need a little bit of medical knowledge to deal with what they're about to run into. So a call finally comes in and Angela's like, oh my God. And, you know, she tells the camera, you know, like I, when I grew up, I told my mother, like I wasn't going to be a princess. I was going to be a fireman. And tonight I'm living the dream. 
firemen run into burning buildings. Like, yeah. it's a very noble thing, but no fireman's like, oh, hooray, another fire I get to run into. <laughs> me putting myself in fatal danger? Sign me up. Finding God knows what in a flaming building? No. I'm sure every day they're like, just have it be a normal, you know, well, this isn't normal either. But so they arrive at the uh, this apartment building. They're in LA. And outside is this, uh, this older man, Yuri, in his bathrobe. And he's the super. And he's like, um, they walk in and the two cops have already arrived right before them. And Yuri's like, um, one of our tenants, Mrs. Espinosa, has been, I guess, sort of screaming uh, for hours. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and they're like, well, why wouldn't you just go help her? And uh, one of the cops is like, uh, you got to hear how she's screaming. You know, <laughs> something is going. It's not simply like she fell down. Like right. something has, uh, something is coming out of her or, or something like that. So they go in and they say the name Mrs. Espinosa a million times. And now it's like stuck in my brain. And they're being Mrs. Espinosa. And like they're, and I understand, like they don't know they're in a horror movie. So the cops go up there and the the firefighters and Angela and the cops are like, who's the camera people or who's the cameraman? But they're like, oh, it's for the news. They're just following us for the night. And um, so they get there. uh, Yuri unlocks Mrs. Espinosa's door and she is not, not in good shape. She's in, in pretty bad shape. Great. And they're talking to her like, um, again, Mrs. Espinosa, we look at her. She is growling, foaming at the mouth. Her her nightgown is drenched in blood. It's all right. Nobody's here to hurt you. We can't help you. We can't help you unless you calm down. An ambulance is on its way right now. How are you not just screaming back to her? I don't care what kind of, like, emergency training you have. If you see that, that's terrifying. Well, I think this is a good example, like, why we're not cops and firemen, firefighters, and paramedics. Is that I think, unfortunately, a lot of situations you go into, maybe they're not exactly this, but they're they're, not so dissimilar. Yeah, I think that that's... This is more common than you and I want to acknowledge. Exactly. And so uh, they go in and they're like, hey, you know, they just think like she's been hurt and that's why she's covered in blood. And they are sort of trying to be like, we're here to help you, whatever. She is panicking. And finally, she lunges at one of the cops and just takes him down, bites him in the neck. And they just start gnawing at him. Everyone's screaming. Oh, gnawing? Freaking out. She's gnawing? She's gnawing. Terrific. She is, it's a very tooth-oriented situation. Um, and they, uh, Fletch, the firefighter, sort of pins down Mrs. Espinosa, who also unfortunately seems to have some sort of, she's an old lady and she's incredibly strong. You oh, hate, of course. You hate to see it. You're, it. Like, nothing is a bigger red flag than an incredibly strong but visibly frail old Exactly. <laughs> and Mrs. Espinosa is here to kick ass, is unfortunately Great. where she's at in life. And so Fletch holds down Mrs. Espinosa and then everyone else grabs the cop who's been bitten because he's like bleeding profusely yeah. to run him out of the building because okay. they're like uh, the other cop. Right. And, and also nobody's name is said at any point other than Angela and Scott. So I had to look it up. So the officer who has not been bitten, I'm going to call him Officer Danny. Sure. I don't think at any point his name is said, but that's his first name is Danny on um, IMDb. I'm going to so, say this. Every movie, every TV show should have Chirons with people's names. Like, it's the 100%. Housewives. Like, I just yes. think that I need that as a viewer during all kinds of films. And, like, it doesn't really matter while you're watching it, but then to explain it, I'm like, you know, the guy who's got, you know, yeah. anyone. <laughs> so they rush him down. By the time they get the Officer Danny and the firefighters have hauled the, the cop who's been bitten down, the front door has been locked from the outside, Allison. And there seems to be other authorities (laughs) arriving. And there seems to be some sort of barricade being built up on the block outside. They they can't really see it. This is just what we're seeing through the windows very vaguely. Which, How, what a technique, filmmaking-wise. That's so scary. <laughs> and and the cops and the firefighters are trying to call. People are now trying to use their cell phones. And all the tenants are starting to, like, congregate in the lobby, like, what the hell's going on? Like, why can't we leave? And um, the firefighters are like, is anybody here a doctor? And there's no doctor, but there's this guy, Lawrence, who is a vet. And he's like, I'm a vet. I <laughs> can help. He can't help. He doesn't, you know, no, he's not. he's not a doctor. <laughs> yeah, and, and this uh, Fletch, uh, or no, um, the other cop is bleeding profusely. So right. it's like, there's only so there's, much he could do. He's yeah. trying to like hold his neck together, or, I don't know, with oh, a towel good. or something. And they he, all hear an announcement from outside. 
um, through like a, you know, a bullhorn. Please remain calm. We're working hard to get you out of the building. Please follow the officer's instructions. So then everyone turns to the unbitten cop, Cop Danny. Right. And they're like, what the hell Wait, I hell thought Danny is- was the one that got bit. No, sorry. Danny is the one who survived. Okay. The officer who got bit, well, you don't need to know his name. Doesn't matter. He's he not going to be doing much talking after this. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's in a bad place. Officer Danny is the cop standing. They're all like, what the hell's going on? And I, he obviously doesn't know his, this is not a plan. You know, like his right. uh, his partner has just been, if not murdered, mauled. And they're like, what's going on? As if he has any idea, you know, right. it makes no sense. So everyone's sort of panicking. And they're not letting them out the front door. And Yuri says, the super says, well, you know, the basically the back half of the building is a fabric workshop. And if we're able to get into the workshop, maybe we could go through their door or window. So there's like a security door okay. essentially between sure. their lobby and this business. So he's like, if we can get there, maybe we can sneak out. And they're like, okay. And Jake, the firefighter, had the flirtation with Angela. He's on top of it. He's like, that's what we're going to do. Um... Unfortunately, um, but right do they there, know like why, like who contacted the other authorities? Why did they show up? We don't or know. Are we yet. not there. We're we not will there find yet. out. Okay, but yes, something uh, that is outside of their under knowledge. Yes. it's it, it has has alerted the authorities, and this is all sort of happening. Uh, has been in motion for about twenty four hours, right? So they okay. none of this have known that they're being that they're in this situation. Okay, so as they're there. Um, the, there's a woman, her name is Kathy, and she's a daughter named Brianna. And Brianna looks oh, such a little... LA. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, and also Brianna's played by Joey King, who played the daughter in the act. Did you see that? It's like a do- scripted docudrama about Oh, yes, of that. course. We've discussed this. Yeah, and Patricia Arquette plays her mother. Yes. She plays the daughter. Oh. And this wow, is her she as a five-year-old. Some choices. Well, she's great in this. Well, I guess she didn't make this choice. She right, her five. parents made some good yes. choices, par- I guess. Her parents and representation make some very interesting choices for her. Well, she's great in this. And um, so Kathy's on the phone with her husband. Her husband had literally just left to go to the pharmacy to get antibiotics for Brianna because Brianna is not feeling well. Of okay. course she's not. And she says, my husband's outside. The whole block is blocked off. They will not let him in, and they will not let anyone inside. No, but there, he, he also doesn't know what's going on. Just as she says this, Fletch's body drops three floors into the lobby and breaking his neck. There's oh blood everywhere. There's so much neck stuff. And there's a terrible scream, but it's not Fletch screaming. It's Mrs. Espinosa. Oh. Mrs. Espinosa has hurled Fletch's, uh, not body yet, hurled him in the lobby with her preternatural old lady strength. Okay. So those are like, hey, Lawrence the vet, could you also take care of Fletch? Yeah, he's like, like, I, cats and dogs, maybe hamsters. I neuter cats and dogs all day. I cannot save two grown men whose necks have been severed and or snapped. Yeah. So um, they're like, oh my God, Mrs. Espinosa, oh right, this inexplicably crazy, strong, maniacal old woman is still loose in the building. So Jake, the firefighter, who has uh, not had his neck snapped, and Officer Danny run upstairs to sort of try to find her and sedate her or, or essentially stop her from killing other people. Yes. And Angela and Scott follow them along, and there's sort of this, a lot of, like, really great creepy scenes of, like, they, they're not exactly sure where everything is, and they're creeping towards Mrs. Espinosa's apartment. And just as they get there, another woman, who you find out later is the cleaning woman, runs out, and ha- her she has also been mauled by Mrs. Espinosa. Also neck? Also neck. Okay. Torn out, bleeding under her. And again, it's like the the, the cleaning lady's worst day. Like, she I mean, yeah. did nothing to deserve this. No, she's just doing her job. And so they, they're they there, and Officer and Danny and Jake also kind of congregate. And we see Mrs. Espinosa. She is stronger than ever. She's covered with even more blood. So Officer Danny is uh, forced to shoot her. And I mean, uh, finally. And so he shoots her. She collapses. And they're like, oh, okay. So um, things are things are much worse than we, than we thought. Yes. You know, uh, it seems that... Um, something is going on. We've been quarantined inside the building. Oh, no. So, uh, basically, Jake decides everyone's going to be in the lobby. Everyone should get out of their uh, apartments and go to the lobby. Bad quarantine policy, Jake. Yes, I don't understand. Like, why? It makes no sense. And the other characters we find are Randy, who is Dennis O'Hara. He's from American Horror Story. He's great. And he's like, why would I go? Oh, he's also wasted. He's like, why would I go to the lobby? That doesn't make any sense. A fair point, Randy. And then there's an immigrant couple who do not speak English, Nadif and uh, Jwahir. 
And they're like, we're going to the what because of the why? Like, they, they're like, what are you talking about? And then finally they get to the only other apartment that isn't, um, or one of the few other apartments that they haven't sort of collected someone from. And they knock on the door and the, there's a woman inside. And, well, she's kind of growling and she's... Of course. Drenched in her own saliva. And she is unfortunately watching just a, a TV playing static. Which is a oh. universal horror movie sign for something that's gone something terribly is wrong. wrong. Something is paranormally wrong with these people. <laughs> um, but apparently she's so sick that she's just like vomiting and like oh. wheezing. And so they take her to the lobby. Again, so you have someone who's sick. You're taking her into the lobby. Right, no, to- leave, lock her door and leave her there. Right. Also, it's more comfortable for her. Like she's got to go sit at a folding chair in the lobby of an apartment building rather than just putting her back in bed and just yeah. leaving her. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Anywho, you know, maybe Jake was uh, the paramedic. You know what I mean? Like, maybe, you know, we should all be paramedics at this point, I guess. So they take her downstairs. And and after they take her downstairs, we see in her apartment a rat sort of running around. Great. So then we're starting to think, is the rat, is this some sort of plague? Yes. Are we getting it because there are rats in the building? If I see a rat and there's this kind of thing going on, I'm, my first guess is that it's rat-based. Exactly. So, uh, so it turns out, so Lawrence is doing a bang-up job, even though he's just a vet. Fletch is still alive, and but just barely, and the other cop is alive, but just barely. Great. And Lawrence is like, we have to get them to the hospital right now, or they will just die here. I, yeah. I can't help them. So Jake, uh, the firefighter, has Yuri, the superintendent, go into this fabric wear- workshop, and they're trying, essentially, they're going to smash out a window, and just as they go to do it, there's a SWAT team of, like, troops outside and with guns what? and they what? tell them if you come out here we will have to shoot you so what? if if they see anyone try to leave the building they will be shot so they also, can't leave they cannot leave and also this is shot all pretty much in real time which i find terrifying you anything know, that's happening in real time is scarier than some kind of time lapse because you feel like you're there much more Exactly. And that's, I guess maybe this speaks to like the kind of horror movies I like. It's unrelenting. There's no downtime. And if there is a moment of downtime, it's five seconds and then we're back into it, which is terrifying. So as they watch, the government uses uh, like, I don't know what you call them, but they're essentially, they use a, a piece of construction equipment to seal off the windows oh my God. with like metal doors. So now oh my they God. physically couldn't even get through the first floor windows if they wanted to. That and, is terrifying and like they seem way too like able to do that on short notice exactly and so uh you know they get an announcement stay calm somebody we do not attempt to escape we will be we're handling this and then suddenly everyone's cell phone can no longer work so everyone's been trying to call out how <laughs> like how does that even happen it's I so guess scary like, yeah isn't there like i think you could jam cell phone singles yeah for sure at least tv makes you think it is yeah, that's true. Um, also in the trailer, I remember seeing, like, there was, like, a truck that had, like, this. it was the CDC. And it's, like, so funny to think of, like, the CDC appropriately handling a quarantine situation when we're living in it. And we're like, yeah, no, they don't do that. <laughs> they don't and, care. And maybe that's, maybe that, and at least the, the, my next question is, Allison, in this situation, what would you do? What would you do? And the question is, is okay, by this point, we know, they, they know, this ain't good. Mm-mm. We have been physically quarantined inside the building. Do you attempt, do you attempt to escape? Are, are you going to keep trying to escape? Here is what I would do, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I, me, if I were, I'm assuming I'm Angela. <laughs> or I'm like in the, whatever. Yes. Like. Exactly. You're Angela. You're, you're trying to do real news. And that's sort of her arc. Is like, she right. wants to do, she doesn't want to do she these She wants to tell pieces. this story. Right. And she is. Unfortunately, she the is. story is I've been quarantined inside of some sort of plague building. I think I would try and get myself to the roof alone. Okay. Like just me or maybe me and my camera guy if like right. that's where I am in that. Because like you're like, we're together. We came in. Like we don't, I wouldn't take anybody who lives there with me. Absolutely. Um, I would go up to the roof and I would just like not try and escape, but I would sit on the roof Yes. And lock myself up there. Right. Stay physically quarantined. Physically quarantine myself, but like outside, not, not in an apartment that I would get locked into, but also make the SWAT team know I'm not trying to leave this space yet. Don't shoot me. Absolutely. Let me stay up here safely. I think that would be a my idea. No, I think, I, I think that I would resign myself to death. Realistically. Oh, realistically, 100%. I'm just locking myself in somebody's apartment and crawling into bed and trying to find pills. Exactly. Oh, yeah, 100%. Trying to find pills, trying to just... I would just try and end it. Drink, yeah. Yeah. 
open whatever booze is available, take whatever pills are available, try just to just sleep sleep through it. <laughs> pass directly into the afterlife. Yes. Comfortably <laughs> and preferably with a lot of Xanax. Um, so, so, you know, everyone in the building is like, okay, things are not good. They're all freaking out. They're congregating in the lobby. And Angela overhears Jake say, tell Danny, it's a B and C. And she's like, what's a B and C? I heard you say B and C. He's like, oh, yeah, that means that there's a bit of biological nuclear chemical threat. And he's not saying this. Jake isn't saying this because he knows anything about it. He's saying this protocol they're putting in, this is what it means. It's for that, yeah. That means there is something in this, in our, the building, pretty much, that is a biological nuclear chemical threat. And somebody says, nuclear, and that would be my reaction, too. Like, biological chemical, bad enough. Nuclear? nuclear. Oh, my so, God. Also, like, this doesn't feel nuclear. Like, it doesn't feel no. like that at all. Um, and for that to be the thing that you're freaking out about, it's like, no, it's definitely biological. And so they're like, okay, everyone's freaking out. And Jake's like, uh, don't worry. This is why they have a protocol. It actually does happen all the time. Like, he's trying to be like, this is much more what? common than you think. That things sort of, you know, something like right. this happens. And Kathy, the one with the child, Brianna, is like, my daughter is is unwell. Like, she has a fever. We need right. to get her help. You know, everyone's freaking out. And uh, Yuri goes to Jake and says, hey, you know, my office is on the second floor and it faces the alley, maybe we could try, there's like an overhang, like into the alley. Maybe we could try to get up there, and like if they're not monitoring that part of the building. We'll cut to the chase. They go up there. As soon as they try to get out, uh, somebody tries to get out the window, the government has spotlights on it. There's a helicopter over the block. They're shining lights, and again, they're sealed in. There's like a plastic film that the building is being sealed in. Like a bed bugs tent. And there's and and there and then so um, people start screaming at Officer Danny like those are your people out there. They're obviously not. You know they're not no. cops. They're like uh, government troops or something that are being sent in. Also, if they were, they'd be able to communicate. Like I assume that they exactly. have like walkies and stuff like that that they'd be able to like chat. And Jake's like, you knew about this to Officer Danny, and it's like he just saw his partner get his throat ripped out by an abuela. <laughs> There's no way he's in on this. He's as shocked no. and distressed as everybody else. No. So they're all freaking out. A- Officer Day does pull a gun on him, I, on everybody, you know. Understandably. But, but everyone kind of, you know, uh, calms down, and they're, like, regrouping. And so they decide that they take um, Fletch and the other cop, and the woman who is sick. Are they um, still alive? Yeah, but they're not doing well. But not, like, okay. Like, they, yeah, they're not conscious. Right. And uh, and the other woman who is sick, the other attendant who we saw watching the static TV, and they take put them in the fabric workshop, which has sort of long tables. So they're cr- trying to create like a sick bay where like they're keeping okay. people smart. And and Lawrence is trying to like monitor them, but again, Lawrence is like, again, I'm a vet. Like yeah. um, he has some supplies at home, but again, yeah. we're also not. He's in like, his I can office. declaw this guy, but I can't exactly. put his neck back together. Um, and so, you know, Angela's really stepping as a reporter. She's addressing the camera like, we have been trapped in here. Nobody is telling us anything. Um, Lawrence is asking, like, sort of like, I don't have supplies. And Ber- this, uh, another tenant, Bernard, says, do you need Vicodin? I've got, like, a pharmacy in my apartment. It's like, and, dude, where have you been this whole time? <laughs> but it also turns out, like, they're all illegal drugs. And so okay. they're like, but they're like, okay, it's fine. Officer Jane's like, just get them. I'm not going to arrest you. Yeah. And uh, so, so he, so he starts to treat um, his sort of patients at this point with the the pills that we that we have. And uh, Angela takes the uh, an opportunity to interview the child Brianna because I guess it's like her human human interest stories soul sure. is there. So she's interviewing a five year old during a calamity, which to me is a little gauche, if yes. you ask me. Right. And she's interviewing Brianna. Brianna says, oh, you know, I live with my mom and dad and my dog Max, but uh, Max is at the vet right now because he's sick. So her dog, Max, okay. has was unwell before this began and is currently at the vet. So he's not in the building. But he was in the building. He was in the building. And we also see that Bernard and his roommate, Sadie, Sadie has a little dog named Martini. So we see That's, their dog. I mean, of course. You know, everyone has dogs. So it's like there are a lot Martini. of dogs in the building. So are we right. to think, are they, is it coming from the dog? Are the, did the, is there something where like the rat bit one of the dogs? Or yeah. like, did the dog get sick outside the building? What is it have to do with, something has right. to do with the dog. Animals are involved, it feels. And they're trying to like sort this out. And suddenly, 
They turn, and Fletch, who again fell from three floors, his yeah. neck is destroyed, his legs are all shattered. He is on his feet. Nope, and absolutely not. And he is staggering not. towards them. No. And um, uh, Lawrence is able to subdue him. He injects him with some medication, which I guess Bernard had uh, because he's, I don't, sure. who knows. Sure, Anywho, he injects him with something, and uh, they're able to force him back into the fabric workshop. And Lawrence is like, hey, I got some bad news because I've been sort of clocking what's going on. And, um, you know, foaming at the mouth, um, aggressiveness. The strength, yeah. Um, strength. They hate bright lights because the camera, occasionally they turn on the camera light and everyone sort of recoils. It seems like they have rabies. But here's the thing. Ra- rabies takes months for symptoms to show. This is taking minutes. I mean, rabies, it never acts this fast. This is some sort of super rabies. Oh, super rabies. Great. And uh, Angela's like, well, they had totally have they have a treatment for rabies, and he's like, well, if you get exposed, which I I know all about because I'm terrified of rabies, you if you're exposed, you can get a prophylaxis, which is you go in and you get shots, and you're able yeah. to live. But once you have symptoms, it's fatal. I don't know anything about rabies. I'm finding. <laughs> I guess, like, I grew up in a rural area, and my parents oh, were yeah. just so much, like, if you see, like, a little animal or an animal out during the day, don't touch it. Yeah. And I was like, why would I do that? But looking back, I 100%, if I saw, like, a baby raccoon out during the day, I 100% would have picked oh, it up. I would definitely be like, come here. Yeah, I would have been like, I got to help it. <laughs> so Lawrence is like, yeah, if people are showing rabies symptoms minutes or hours after being exposed, they're fucked, and we're fucked. Yeah. There's nothing we could do. And that's when Randy, I mean, a testament to Randy's observational qualities, he's like, I'm going upstairs then. I'm going to lock myself in my apartment. I mean, yes, finally, somebody with some sense. Which makes sense because, one, hopefully you can prevent yourself from being exposed. But even if you are exposed, at least you were locked inside a uh, apartment away from everyone else. Right. Right. Yeah. Which, again, we know, look, we know all about disease transmission now. We're all expert epidemiologists, so... We know what they should be doing. Maybe this speaks to, like, we should have better training for, like, cops and, like, firefighters. They should know if you're in some sort of super rabies pandemic situation, just lock people in their apartments. Yeah. So, um, so Randy's like, I'm going upstairs. I don't give a fuck. Fuck all you guys. I'm not going to be here in this sick bay with, like, all these sick people. Meanwhile, Bernard and Sadie sneak back upstairs with Angela and Scott because they're, the cable's out. But they're like, we actually have rabbit ears, so maybe we could pick up something, you know, news. news. So they're able to get, like, a little bit of staticky news report. And on the news report, they hear the fire chief say, don't worry, the building has been evacuated. There's no one inside. <gasps> yeah. Which is bad news. Bad. And then That's bad. And then the power to the building goes out. Or I believe, we're to think, has been turned off. Yeah, cut. And, of course, when that happens, they start hearing that there's someone else in their apartment with them. Who is leaving their apartment no. doors open or unlocked? I don't know. I would no. never. And no. I'm not even in never. the middle of a super rabies pandemic. No, just a regular one. So this, so she attacks them, and she attacks Scott, the cameraman. It, it's a, a, the, the tenant yeah, who, who is watching the staticky TV. I see. Um, sort of our second Mrs. Espinosa. Okay. And Scott, unfortunately, has to beat her to death with the uh, camera, which is a no. real a fun POV to that's, watch, for yeah, sure. Yeah, that's got to be... Uh, Interesting scene, Don't you know. And, and Scott afterwards is really distraught. Angela's like, "We're going to get through this together. I'm here with you. Don't worry." So eventually, they get everyone back together. If again, forcing everyone to the lobby, and they go and get the immigrant couple. Why do they um, keep putting everyone in one space? Keep people in I, separate I don't spaces. Know. So they go and get the immigrant couple who don't speak English, Nadif and uh, Jahir, or Jahir, and they're like, "Okay, I guess I don't. You know, like I I can't even." I can't communicate you with you enough, but even if I could, what? why are we in the lobby, you know? Right. So they go down there, <clears throat> and Officer Danny says, okay, great, good, uh, great news, everyone. We got in contact, and they are sitting in the CDC, and they're going to run some tests, and then it's going to be fine. And Lawrence, the vet, says, it can't be fine if it's rabies. They are only going to be able to diagnose this by taking somebody's brain tissue. You can't oh just God. do a blood test. And everyone's like, shut up, Lawrence. You <laughs> don't know that it's rabies. Stop having information, only person with training. <laughs> but it makes sense because you're like, yeah. you don't want to believe it. So you're like, no, Lawrence, you shut the fuck up. Okay, they're not going to take our brain tissue. I got bad news. The CDC eventually comes in. And everyone is sort of like forced out. And um, we they bring in sort of a— um, This is all in the lobby? Yeah, so everyone's in the lobby, and finally the front door opens. Ah. And three, uh, two men in, um, or one of them could be a woman, I don't know, 
two people in hazmat suits and a third person with a gun come in. And they are sort of taken to the workshop. Oh, my God. And obviously no one's allowed to film it, but Angela and Scott's kind of sneaking around. But how did they know that they were going to the workshop? I don't know. Okay. Some things might go unanswered. I get that. Um, But let's just say when they came in, Danny told them. Like, to me, that's like, okay, maybe either somebody was was like, oh, they had some information, but that's not necessarily surreptitious information, I guess. And um, and so while they're doing this, and they're going to, like, sort of take a look at Fletch and the other cop um, and sort of see what they can figure out. And while they're also doing that, everyone's talking about, like, okay, so is there anyone else in the building? And it turns out uh, Jahir's father is is in their apartment, but he's really sick and he's paralyzed. And this other tenant one is like, well, maybe he did this. And it's like, you're being racist. Like, yeah. that's, what, that's what I'm taking away. Calm it's like, down. You, if you've seen what's going on and you're going to be like, I'm going to blame the one person who isn't here who's like an immigrant. Right. Uh, you know. It's, no. And so... And so they're like, oh, is there anyone else? Like, oh, well, there's um, there's like a vacant apar- apartment. And then there's a guy who lives in the attic apartment, this guy from Boston. But come to think of it, I haven't seen him in a couple months. Months? Couple months. Which is, you know, just Oof. something to think about Red as you go flag. forward. Yeah. And so the, the CDC goes in and Angela and Scott are able to sort of film through this little window in the bathroom of the uh, workshop. And, yeah, it turns out the CDC is going to take a brain sample, and they do absolutely take a drill. They just drill into um, Fletch's head. Oh, great. Um, but that is, uh, it was just like, you know, in that moment, I guess, you just want to th- think they'll just take him out. And they should have just taken him out because as yeah, soon as not? they start drilling into his head, He's Fletch wakes up. Oh, my God. And even though he is handcuffed to the table— he is able to attack one of the CDC people and basically rip their um, their uh, suit open. Oh, my God. And so he's going crazy, and they all run out and then sort of slam the warehouse door behind them. But uh, Lawrence is trapped inside. So Lawrence is trapped inside with the CDC guy, and one of the CDC guys, and um, the other cop. And Lawrence is banging the door. He's like, please, I haven't been bitten. I haven't been infected. I haven't gotten any blood on me. Please, you know. And then right. finally, he falls silent. And then we just see a spray of blood. Of course. Um, so, Lawrence, thank you Aww. for your service. You're done. And so, everyone, obviously, is freaking out. And they all turn on the um, CDC guy, the remaining CDC guy. And they're like, what the hell's going on? Like, you're not telling us anything. You just saw what's going on in there. How did you know this was going to happen? Like, who called you? You know, sort of to give give us an explanation of what's been going right. on. And he tells us, well, a vet called the CDC the day before because somebody brought in a sick dog. The dog is, of course, Max, who is right. uh, the dog of Brianna, the little right. sick girl. Look, we got a call yesterday from a vet who had a sick dog brought in. They ran all the routine tests, but... It was nothing they'd ever seen before. And the dog had bitten some of the other animals, which, again, seems like bad vet policy, but maybe they're yeah. in their waiting room. I don't know. Where Come everyone has, down. like, their cat, cat in their yeah. lap. Aww. And so uh, it's, within an hour, all the animals that this, this dog had bitten became incredibly aggressive. And they realized, oh, my God, it's from this apartment building. And so everyone turns to Kathy and Brianna. And, and Kathy's like, she's had this. She's been sick for weeks. Like, it's, she just has bronchitis. Like, it can't be what we're talking about. And then, of course, Brianna turns. She bites her mother's face. Not off. But, but enough. very badly. So Look, Brianna any, is infected. Yeah, any biting of face. Exactly. If you're, if you're breaking skin, we're, we have a problem. So Brianna turns, and her mother's screaming, her mother's screaming, run, Brianna, don't let them catch you, which is what? like, girl. No, lady. <sighs> It's hard to make sacrifices for the greater good. But if your yeah. child has become a, a, a super rabies zombie, I think yeah. that you— It's over. It's over. It's I'm over. really sorry. I'm and again, sorry. we don't have children. So I no. think if I had a child, I'm sure I would feel very differently. Yeah. I would say, get but out I of here. But I don't. So. So, so Jahir's uh, Ju- like, oh, my God, my father's up there. And apparently everyone's leaving their apartment door open. Like, we got to go check on him. So a bunch of people run upstairs to try to um, subdue Brianna. And the CDC guy has brought in, like, sort of sedatives. So he's, if he's like, if I, may, if I could inject her with a sedative, we could subdue her and hopefully not have to just immediately kill her. Right. And they handcuff Kathy, Brianna's mother, mother to the yeah. staircase because she right. is freaking out and trying to stop them. Obviously. 
And they go and they run into the first open door because, again, everyone's leaving doors open is Mrs. Espinosa's apartment. Great. And they look inside, and Allison, Mrs. Espinosa's body, it's not there anymore. Oh, great. It is uh, is out and about. Out and about, like, okay. It is up and at him. Oh, no. She is getting her steps in, is what we should think. No, no. Even though, as we've established earlier, Mrs. Espinosa has been shot multiple times. Yes. So, Allison, we come to this point in every episode where I've got to ask you, who do you think will survive? Who will survive? Now, I'm going to read you our, the characters that are still alive and not been turned into super Yeah, I was going to say, anybody that's got this is dead. All right. We've got Angela, the reporter. Scott, I think the she survives. Yes, okay. I think the cameraman does not. Okay. I feel um, like of that duo, one has to die. Absolutely. Jake the firefighter. I think that they he gets out because they had romantic chemistry. Yes, they had a flirtation. Yes. Officer Danny. He's going to die. Okay. Yuri the super. He's going to die. Um, Bernard, the guy who had a lot of drugs, who you find out is a opera singer turned opera tutor. I think he's going to survive. Okay, great. And he had all the drugs. <laughs> and then Sadie, his platonic roommate, who he is an opera singer. She's going to die. And then her dog, Martini. All the dogs are going to be dead. Okay. And then the immigrant couple, uh, Nadif and Jwahir. I want them to survive to prove the white people wrong. Mm-hmm. And then what do we think about Jwahir's uh, dad? He's going to die, but it's going to be super tragic. Okay. And, like, unnecessary. And then I guess, like, I just want you to, uh, we do at this point usually uh, guess the twist. Guess the twist. Yes. Um, and uh, I don't know whether you'd consider it a twist, but I guess what I want you to guess is where do you think this rabies has come from? I'm going to guess that it came from the government. Okay, great. Because they seemed way too aware of what they needed to do to contain it mm-hmm. quickly to not have been, like, cued into what it was and maybe they somehow are responsible for it. Like Allison, testing in a lab. Every episode, you get better and better at this. <laughs> it's, almost it's almost like these stories are built around a framework of storytelling <laughs> that it has to be satisfying. Yes. Did you know Bridgestone developed a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials? Making a difference today for future generations. That's what really matters. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen, remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, 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 of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. So they run upstairs, they immediately find Sadie's dog, Martini, and it looks like it has exploded. Like, this <laughs> poor little dog Aww. has been, it looks like you, he looks like a bag of popcorn that someone left too long in the microwave. Like, he has Aww. burst. Um, they find Brianna, who attacks Officer, um, I wrote Officer Daddy, of course. I, he's a little bit of a daddy. <laughs> Officer Danny, and unfortunately, kill, they have to kill Brianna and yeah. Mrs. Espinosa, who shows back up, because she's the it, Terminator. I mean, that woman. 
And um, they nevertheless, have, she persisted. I mean, <laughs> this is really her story—a yes. story of struggle. This is a, this is about feminism. And honestly, she does succeed if we're thinking that her goal is to turn everyone into <laughs> rage zombies. Then Mrs. Yes. Espinosa is our heroine. <gasps> Perfect. So, of course, Jake has to hit Mrs. Espinosa with a fire axe. And then from this point in the movie, which is terrifying, it is just madcap running, trying to escape, running into apartments. There's a zombie there. The lights are out. The only light is the light on um, Scott's camera. So everything is shot sort of like a shaky spotlight. You just see glimpses of terrifying, like, blood red eyes. It's so anxiety-inducing. It's so good. I love—this is my favorite part of, like, just the terror and running and screaming of every horror movie. So they run back downstairs, but then Lawrence, who, of course, has been turned into a zombie, the vet, he's basically forcing the metal door— open to come after them and and uh Nadir and oh um and Yuri are trying to like clamp the door back down. It doesn't matter. The zombies are so strong. Okay. Yeah. So all this these is where my roof people, solution feels like it was the right answer. Well and we're gonna get to that because eventually, okay, you know, the question is in this scenario, do you go up or you go down? Those are your only right. options. Um there's I also an up, elevator, yeah. which at oh. one point they try to use but Randy, the drunk guy who went upstairs, he's like, I'm not going to be in the lobby. He gets off to, uh, gets off on the second floor. He's immediately attacked by a rabid super rabies dog, one of the Great. dogs, mauled, Great. torn to pieces in the elevator. So now that's in the elevator, you know? Great. So uh, slowly, sort of, you know, everything starts to get taken out. And all, at this point, all the infected have chased all of the um, uninfected right. into the va- the one apartment that's vacant and is, they're sort of doing repairs in there, yeah. renovations. And they're, you know, screaming and freaking out. And Sadie has been bitten. And they're like, we have to kill her. We have to kill Sadie. And Bernard's like, no, I can't believe they would let this happen. So he opens the door and he cuts open the plastic seal. And he's screaming and waving. A sniper shoots him. Jesus Christ. So we really see, like, if you try to (laughs) get off and they see you, they 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 are going to kill you. They're going to kill you. So he's dead. Turns out, of course, there's another zombie that's already in the, um, this renovated empty apartment. Perfect. Everyone's going crazy, chases them. And at this point, the only people left who have not been bitten are Jake, Angela, cameraman Scott. Great. And But before he is um, attacked by a zombie, Yuri, Yuri, who is full of solutions, none of them have worked, but, you know, he's got I some— I mean, that's of, the job of a super. Exactly. He's like, I don't know if I can fix this sink, but I will try, because I yes. do not want to have to call a plumber and deal nope. with that. So I will do it myself. So Yuri says, you know, I, I might, the only thing I can think of is if we we're able to get into the basement, which is locked, and get into the sewer or something, or try to oh get into, like, some sort of maintenance, of like, pipe. I, I don't know what else to do. And they're like, okay, right. we're going to do that. Yuri, unfortunately, RIP. Wanda, the well, presumably racist tenant, who's like, maybe it's right. that grandfather, she's turned into a zombie. Right. So, but they're like, how do we find Yuri's apartment? They run down to the mailboxes. Good thinking. Right. I would have just been like, ah, yeah, and then died. Have, yeah. Yep, just let me die. So they're able to find, uh, they're able to get find a Yuri's apartment. They run in and they, they find his keys, but he's a super, so he's got like 35 <laughs> keys. He's got the big, you know, custodian keys. Yeah, the keys. big custodian And Angela's like, ah, just screaming and trying like different um, keys. Ugh. And the zombies end up chasing them. Um, they can't get to the basement. They chase uh, them up to uh, upstairs. And at one point, Jake gets this very, like, inspiring, like, we can do this. You know, like, we can make this out, out, you know, like, we will survive. He opens the door. He is immediately attacked and killed by a zombie. Oh, my God. It's relentless. So we are down to Angela and uh, Scott. And they run all the way up to the aforementioned attic apartment. Oh, my God. Who we have not seen the, the person who lives there. You know. Oh, also, we at certain points we see um, Nadif has turned, Jahir has turned, and we see Jahir's father, who is we know paralyzed. He is up and about because he oh, is a zombie. He is a zombie now. It's, it does not care about your physical health. It does not care whether you're a Mrs. Espinosa. It does what not care your body if you're dead. Can do. No. <laughs> it is. It is animating them beyond life. So they are fully Great. zombies at this point. And, and the scariest scene is is Angela trying to use all the different keys to get into the attic oh apartment. And it's just like, oh, and you're just like looking at individual keys. Finally, they get in and they're safe until they turn around. And what do they see in the attic apartment? Allison, I'll give you a hint. There's a bunch of different cages with things inside. It's got to be 
rabid animals. Yes. It, the the cages are full of rats. Rats, of course. And it is some kind of laboratory. Perfect. That presumably the gentleman from Boston. The gentleman from Boston oh, is Boston. here. Boston. And luckily, because he, like every crazy person, he has made sort of a uh, mod podge, like collage of insanity, right. explaining of what's going on. So right. here, because well, you need that quick pan over all. Of, that's this is where the news clippings, I'm assuming, come in. Exactly. So yeah, next to all these uh, vivisected rats and stuff, right. and like bloody gauze and tubes and and serums. And uh, we see these headlines, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna tell them to you, and then you tell me what you think we're talking about. Okay. Uh, here are some headlines. Life on remote South Pacific island wiped out, scientists baffled. Indigenous tribe burning their sick. Doomsday cult suspected in Webbins lab break-in. Great. Uh, cult de- defector. Okay. <laughs> okay. You can see how I thought that was defecating. That would be so incredible. <laughs> and honestly, make as much sense as cult defector. Like, yeah, right. He was so crazy, even he defected. Like, I right. don't know what that means. Cult defector talks Armageddon virus. Um, island overcrowds from plague survivors, town devastated by unknown virus. I mean, it's all about rabies Mm -hmm. or some new version of rabies that's like not reported or is reported here, but like not widely reported. Oh, and then finally we see one doomsday cult suspected in weapons lab break-in. So you're right. Okay, so he's a member of a cult and the government was testing this. Yes. So <laughs> we're to believe the cult took, stole this rabies thing, and he, the cult defector, was so sure. crazy that he is like, I'm going to make it even crazier, or I'm going to release it and right. see what happens. Now, the thing about cults, you know, I guess you just never know. You don't know yeah. why they do the things they no. do. But his plan seems to be that we're going to end the world. <laughs> yeah, he's doing a great job. <laughs> um, and... It is just Angela walking through this pitch-dark, terrifying apartment when suddenly a trap door swings down from, like, uh, an, an, the attic's attic, another space okay, great. above. great. And then we see a very thin, emaciated man. Perfect. Who I guess is sort of what you become after this infects you. Oh, And you're God. trapped sort of in a certain area. Played by Doug Jones, who played um, the creature in The Shape of Water. He's an okay, amazing cr- sort of creature, creature actor. actor. Yes. <laughs> and he just has a hammer, and he's just walking around in the darkness, kind of just hitting things, you know. Okay. Terrifying. Because that thing does not that's, need a hammer. You know what I mean? No, he does not. No one, I mean, almost no one needs a hammer unless they're doing a task. And so, uh, so Scott, at a certain point, it, the, the creature man sort of swipes at the camera, and the camera's light goes out. So Scott has to turn things on night vision. Oh, God. So now we are just seeing... Now we're in night vision. ...a terrified Angela fumble around it with night vision. And we see him walk... We see the thin man walking around, and finally he attacks Scott. And then it's just Angela... Oh, my God. ...sort of crawling towards the camera to try to get it in night vision, to try to use the night vision. And we don't even see what grabs her, but she is just dragged screaming away from the camera. Into the darkness. Into the darkness. So um, none of them survived, is what we're oh, supposed to think. Oh, so I this believe. is like a found footage situation. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, this is, not, this is not her finished piece that went up on the nightly news. No. No, no. So, Allison, I got to ask. Uh, what is that is the final some, scene? That's the final scene they're done. Whew, that's scary. <laughs> so, Allison, tell me, what are some of the fatal mistakes you think the characters made in this movie? <laughs> Mistakes. Pursuing a career in local news. Okay. Um, or at least trying to jump from human interest puff pieces to uh, actual investigative journalism. Right. Uh, would be the biggest and worst one. I think, like, bringing everybody into one place in the middle Absolutely. of the building was a huge problem. And that Lock is the shit out of all those doors. And that does speak to, like, we do have knowledge that this, this movie could have used. And that knowledge is you have to actually quarantine Separate. People. You got to separate. Yeah. You got to keep them separated. Um, You got to keep them separated. Uh, And then also, the I if I would have left as soon as someone's neck was bitten. Yes, I think the the other authorities weren't there yet. Um, Well, uh, by by the time the the cop got bit, the doors were already barred. 
Okay. So hypothetically, I guess they could have tried okay, to get out I the windows, they, but they do but, trap them yeah. in very early on in the movie. Okay, so there was no real way to escape. And again, like, I would have tried to get up on that roof. Yeah. Though you probably would have been shot. But also, you would have had to go through the attic, Allison. That's To get true. to the roof. There was that's, no roof access. There's no, there's no roof access. I You'd think. have to go up to the attic and then through the attic to get to the roof. And that guy's up there. Yeah. The man from Boston. I would have taken all those drugs and killed myself. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's what Bernard should have done. Yeah. But again, they don't know that they're in a horror they movie. They don't know that that's what's happening. All right, so I wanted to ask you a series of quarantine-related would-you-rather questions. Ooh. All right. Would you rather be quarantined with Steve Urkel or Jenny McCarthy? Is Steve ever Stefan or Kel? No, he does not have his machine with him. You know what? Either way, I can't be with an anti-vaxxer during a pandemic. Completely. All right, here's the second question. Would you rather be quarantined with Rachel Dolezal mm. or Steve Urkel and Jenny McCarthy? Rachel Dolezal because it would be fun to be the person who's there when she doesn't have access to all of the things that make her think she looks black. Right, no, I, yeah, a month in. Like, if she's not, if she's not getting her hair done... Uh, if she's not constantly she's not, you know, putting on self-tanner. Right. So then you could be like, aha. And that would be my investigative journalism piece. I'm going to go with Steve and Jenny McCarthy just because I hope that I could, like, force them to be in one room that I could lock. But and I, who but knows? I don't feel like those are the rules of the game. Well, we just made up the game, so they could be anything. Oh, okay. All right. Would you rather be quarantined with your middle school bully or your most recent ex-boyfriend? Oh, God. Middle school bully. <laughs> I'd say most recent ex-boyfriend, but they're both totally terrible. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure I don't even know what my middle school bully is doing now, but it's got to be better than whatever my most recent ex is up to. All right. Would you rather be quarantined with 12 cats or one large dog that constantly has diarrhea? 12 cats. Okay. I would probably pick the dog. Diarrhea? I'm very, for- I'm very allergic to cats. Lar- well, okay. That's a very different. I'm not allergic to any animals, but large dog diarrhea sounds like my absolute nightmare. <laughs> Large dog diarrhea. Yeah, that's the name of our (laughs) horror movie. We eventually large dog diarrhea. And then finally, imagine. Okay, so this is a quarantine. What if you're safe? You're quarantining. You're fine, but you only have Mike's hard lemonade to drink. Or you're safe, but the only way to get help and to get out of there is to participate in TikTok dance memes until one of them goes viral and America's Got Talent sends a SWAT team to rescue you. Wait, and the other one, it's just like regular pandemic and eventually I'll get out, but I just don't have good alcohol? No, no, I'm sorry. You only have Mar- Mike's hard, hard lemonade to drink, period. You don't oh. have water. And also, <laughs> to make it maybe more interesting, you also have to bathe with it. Maybe you have to wash your clothes <laughs> with Mike's hard lemonade. I guess TikTok, and I can, but like, then I have to hope I get followers and like. Right. Feels- can you dance? I don't even know that about no, you. No, I definitely can't. You, if I could dance, you would know it. Goddamn. <laughs> and then I just, I don't know, this is just like, I'm thinking about like, what's been the spookiest part of quarantine for you? Because you were talking about the bugs thing. And yeah, bugs. I I did have a moment where I thought a brown recluse, recluse? Spider. Spider. Got inside. Oh and it gosh. was a spider that did look like that. But in retrospect, I think it was just a regular spider. And normally yeah. I don't mind spiders. But I think my the uh, ambient anxiety from quarantine made me just absolutely panic. Yeah, I keep thinking that everything is deadly. Yeah. So... I did, um, there was one night where I just, like, had to, t- I took out my garbage super late, and I was on the street after dark. Oh, my God. And it was super scary, because it's just oh. empty. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about the nighttime vacancy of The nighttime New vacancy York. of New York is absolutely horror movie level terrifying. Well, and then finally, um, I'm going to ask you, well, where do you think this quarantine falls on the spooky scale? <laughs> A spooky scale. A spooky scale is, of course, our scale of one to ten screams of how spooky we find movies. And again, this is not whether or not we like the movie or whether or not the movie is well made. It's not about quality. This is about spookiness. Spookiness. What would you give this? I'm going to call this, I'm going to give this an eight. Me too. Wow. I gave it an eight too. We've never agreed. And I I think. I have not seen this movie. (laughs) (laughs) You're dead right. Yeah, this is actually, this is the only movie you've been right so far based on my scale. I know. Um, yeah, eight feels appropriate. It seemed really scary. Yeah. The last 20 minutes are just screaming in a darkened room, fumbling with keys, which is I, 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 unbelievably no. terrifying. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. This um, was another delightfully horrific 
episode. We hope that we're helping you get through quarantine. And if you're listening to this later, how's that going? Yeah. I mean, also, like, at least this does, like, put some perspective on how awful our experience is. You're so right. It's not Mm -hmm. this. It's all about perspective. There's not rabid dogs and a CDC enclosure around me. Yeah. So, you know, I'm doing all right. Yeah. Well, shout out to Mrs. Espinosa. And guys, until we talk to you next time, keep it spooky. Mm, Keep it spooky. Bye. Bye. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... I got a charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Uh, Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. (laughs) No, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed.